Welcome to Artificial Ghost Radio, your unofficial guide to navigating the airwaves. I'm Chrysalis Miles Lazarus. And I'm Mars confused what the bit is, Garbayo. What's what's the bit, The Miles? bit is that I got tickets to Hosier for April. Oh, <laughs> So now sure, I, yeah, I've entered yeah, yeah. my cocoon uh, for my two-month stint before I go to unspecified location. <laughs> In Australia to go see my big handsome man. Your big handsome man. My very tall Irish beautiful faking man. This um, is the time. This is the time. I I'm very excited. I wish I could go with you, but that would be way, way, way more expensive than the ticket. God, can you imagine? Um Can I, you imagine? Because <laughs> like I already had to get like uh resold tickets because I had no idea it was even happening, so that's already expensive. Sure. Um, yeah. But, uh, ooh, gonna go with my best friend. We're gonna have a good time. So now I think that after April, it's late April, after this late April, uh, moment for me, I think it's mm-hmm. gonna be, um, because you've seen Kaliuchi's. Yes. Yes. And Kaliuchi's is your favorite bay. And Hosea's. I don't know that I would ever say the call Cali. Well, say the word bay in general, except when I'm talking about my friend Amy. Okay. Because Amy. they call themselves bay all the time. Oh, okay. But also, I'm I'm definitely unsure that I think I would I would call Caliucci's my bay. Okay, that's valid. You know, <laughs> your um lady, your duchess. <laughs> Um, and uh i'm gonna go see the faking and so your power level is like you know pretty high uh and then mine's really low so i think after i see hosier we'll both have really high power levels and we can make the podcast really good now it's been so bad at this point (laughs) so so after this late april so basically what you're saying to me and my audience my audience your oh i see how it is Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, for, forget whatever bit I was about to do. Let's examine this. <laughs> do you have a specific audience within our audience, or are you saying that all of our audience is your audience? Um, is there a subsect of Marsdans? I don't know. I hey, so. uh, <laughs> I'm a Marsdan. I I don't I well oh I'm a Marsdan. I I I'm a Miles Stan. Oh. I was going to make a really bad bit, but then you said something nice, so I won't do it anymore. Uh, that's good. (laughs) Miles. Miles. I I feel like we have a weird energy this episode. First name Miles, last name Miles. That's my name. What's up? Miles, Miles. Like, whenever I get a Chipotle order and on the receipt it says Mars, Mars. Hi, I'm Miles. It's true. My name's Mars Mars. We have a weird energy of this episode, and I think that's because we're both anxious. And you know why we're both anxious? <laughs> so anxious. You have no idea. Why are we freaking well, out, d- bud? You've you've seen it in the title. Uh, it's oh, uh, uh, this episode we're going to be interviewing and, and talking with Nat Puff, a.k.a. Left at London. I still uh, think Nat Puff is a great name. It's a great name, and I feel like it. it's... Like, I, I don't know her personally, but just going off of her, like, social media presence and whole deal, mm-hmm. it seems a very fitting name. Yeah. Hey, Miles. Hi. Uh, what's, what's the theme for this week? Before, the before we get to our interview, what is, what is our theme? The, the little old theme? The little old theme? The little old theme for this week is pretty broadly, um, 
a how would you phrase it like a track on an album that isn't a song a bit we're just calling i'm just i'm just saying skits you know a skit it's a fucking skit hey miles hi so how do you feel about skits in general what are your general feeling on skits comedy skits just skits like just skits definition of skit hang on is it just like a role play sort of like i'm just i'm just thinking like anything like when i picture a skit i'm thinking anytime it's a break in an album where it's just some people talking Mm. I like it. You know, you want to know why? Why do you like it? Because sometimes you'll be going through an album and it's like, let's ballpark like more than 12 tracks. So a pretty decently long album. And it really gets to like a, like a couple hour mark. It's nice to sort of break up parts of this the album and the songs and even like do a proper like mood shift within the album mm-hmm. i think that's really interesting um like uh what was it i was tempted to bring a song from or a skit rather from uh humans by the gorillas because they have a couple different uh little skits in between and sometimes it's just like yeah, elevator yeah. noise <laughs> it's just like ding going down <laughs> yeah um Ele- and elevator going up yeah. It's 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 uh it's a nice break, it's a nice moment. It also immerses you in whatever narrative or world the album is trying to put you in, which I think really adds to it because like it's it's also interesting to create sort of a soundscape because I'm a very like I like mixed media things. I that's why I like, you know, Dirty Computer by Janelle cuz like it's mm. music and acting and story. Um Yeah. So I really like skits. I think it adds to it. I wholeheartedly disagree. Right. I really don't like skits i think i'm there from for the music i'm there for the music baby now uh, behind the scenes for listeners is that mars did suggest this theme so i'm going to now interrogate them further Uh (laughs) uh-huh um well i did i did bring this theme idea but at the same time just because I don't like something doesn't mean I think that it's not worth talking about. And also, the one that I brought, I do really like. So I don't hate them universally. But I more think more like a concept. I think in general, I think they're misused. Oh, okay. What would you say is the best use? How would you best utilize a skit if there had to be a skit in an album? I don't think there ever has to be a skit in an album. I'm going to be real. I do not think there ever has to be a skit. Oh, sure. No, but like in a hypothetical sense of like, there's an artist that says, I have to have a skit in this fucking album. You're a producer in this scenario. They say, I have to Mm -hmm. have a skit in the album talking with like my boys or whatever. Uh, You know, what is the optimal sort of utilization of a skit? It it has to be short. Mm -hmm. And... It has to, like, it, it, I think, yeah, like, the perfect use of a skit is something like what you were talking about, of, like, to help guide you through the mood uh, of, uh, of an album, but I also think it has to work on its own. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, it, it I doesn't. don't know, I, a lot of times it doesn't, and I'll get more into it when I bring my song, or skit, whatever. <laughs> I keep saying song, it's fine. Uh, but this week you're going first, so why I are you am. interrogating me? Because oh. you're going first, Miles. I'm not interrogating you, I just like hearing your thoughts. Valid. Thank you. Let's <laughs> say valid, um, <laughs> Valid. Valid! <laughs> uh, 
Miles. Be if it's the last thing I do. Yeah, what's up? What's uh, what's your first song for this week? Oh, my skit? My Right, your skit. What's your first skit? I, I wouldn't Wait. even call it... Mine is, like, tentatively a skit. Because it is technically... Mm-hmm. <laughs> technically? Hi, I'm technically. I'm a drag queen. Uh, it's technically talking. But it's not, like, a conversation between people. It's, like, a monologue. That's fine. Uh, so That's okay. By all technicalities, it's a skit. But um, it is Spiders by Flat Sound. Uh, okay. Spiders is from the album I Clung to You Hoping We'd Both Drown made in 2000. Love a good long album name. Oh, Love it's fantastic. a good long album name. And some of the tracks are like similar vein, like Fallout Boy style, you know, long ass, full sentence. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Full sentence, full moment, mama. Uh, this and- this skit should have been called, they should have just elongated it. It should have been instead of spiders, like spiders crawling all over my naked putrid flesh. Oh. We d- went different routes. Putrid body. <laughs> Naked flesh. Naked flesh. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> that's awful. Um, awful. So, I hate this. Let's... <laughs> a little a little bit of a prelude, just a touch. Um, sure, just sure. we get into it, because I don't usually. Sometimes I just chuck it at you real, real Sometimes quick. Sometimes you do. Real quick, Yeah. Um, so, Flat Sound is a solo project made by Mitch Welling, uh, who is also the creator of Gentle.Earth, which is an internet art project sort of poetry piece. Uh, and a new podcast called All the Space In Between that he does with a friend. And I haven't listened to that yet because it came out, like, last week. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I'm really excited for it because uh, Mitch sort of makes music to cope with different situations in his life. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of irregular when he'll make music or, like, what direction he'll go in, what kind of genre it'll be even. Um, Sure. So I, I relish the opportunity to have a regular um sort of way to keep up with his life and he has like a very soothing beautiful voice which a lot of musicians do have i would i'll get into it after we give this song a fucking little listen and this is a little listen because this is a minute long it's a don't worry listen. mine's mine's shorter oh yeah some of the ones i was looking at were like 20 seconds <laughs> i was like this is a yeah, little listen if- I, I think for, for both of these, I'm just going to play the whole thing. And that's maybe a bit, like, maybe a bit legally there, <laughs> but I, I think that's fine. Nobody will tell. Guys, keep it secret. Keep it safe. All right. Let's give this song a little listen. Last night, I had another one of those dreams. The ones where you constantly wake up only to realize you're still dreaming. I saw spiders in my sheets. The fear had woken me up. I jumped out of bed and noticed the spiders were still there, biting at my feet. The fear had woken me up. I jumped out of bed, checked my sheets, checked my feet, looked my brother in the eyes, and started telling him about my terrible dreams. He then fearlessly pointed at the two enormous love-making spiders behind me, taking up most of my wall with their screaming bodies. It sang to me in the key of guns, 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 guns. The fear had woken me up once more. I lied there long enough to notice an awful pain in my stomach. If your chest was a wall, I'd punch a hole through it. You're so much prettier than your mother's maiden name. Her whore name, the name she embraced as a whore. I want to watch you rot, but I know that the pain in my stomach is still going to be there when I wake up. So what's the point? I'd rather go back to sleep and watch those spiders fuck. Well, well, Jesus! <laughs> you know, usually I, I, I say to myself, I says, I says, 
I'm going to bring a happy, good, folky song to my podcast with my friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just to enjoy myself and have a good time. And then this week I was like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> I have depression. So. So. What'd you think? <laughs> uh, Fair enough. <laughs> I don't want to watch those spiders fuck. I mean, yeah, neither does the narrator. Do you want to watch those spiders fuck? No, I don't like spiders. Or watching that... animals fuck. No one likes watching animals fuck. Well, the one... No one should like watching there animals fuck. There we go. All right. <clears throat> so. I like spiders, though. I like pet spiders. I don't like them when they're in my fucking business, in my house. <laughs> I'm my okay house. with it. They eat, they, get, they eat the bad bugs. Okay, but I do live in Australia, Mars. So? All of our spiders are so poisonous. You're just a coward. Oh, I'm a coward? Oh, I'm yeah. a coward? You're, you're a coward for being afraid of being poisoned. All right. So Spiders is narrated by Angel Sanders, who I believe is a friend of Mitch Welling, because I can't find much record of her doing anything else, uh, mm-hmm. and it is an original poem by Flat Sound. Uh, it doesn't have a particular meaning that I can find that like anyone's written anywhere, uh, apart from being about what I think is depression cycles and sort of the act of giving up. And so I bought this for two different reasons. So I found Flat Sound and this album in particular, I Clung to You Hoping We'd Both Drown, because I, in college, I was in, I think, year 12. So I was 17, a little baby. Um, I was uh, listening to different SoundCloud songs, and then this came up in my recommendations. And then I listened to a different SoundCloud song. I uh, just, I just, I just, I, I point the light directly into your face. I just wanted the timeline. Uh, uh, so, ooh, it's raining more. We have a flood warning up. That's fine. <clears throat> so I found this when I was in college. Uh, and uh, it was at a time when I was feeling really isolated from the people around me and my peers. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had this class, I had a philosophy class, uh, and I had no friends and I didn't even know anyone in the class. Uh, So I just sort of sat by myself in the corner uh, and it was like just after coming out and I was sort of just like weird and didn't want to talk to people and sort of just wanted to focus on my work. So I often just like listen to music by myself. And there were a couple songs that uh, Flat Sound has done that really helped me sort of center myself um, and honestly just like look at the forest, not just for the trees, but for everything within in it um looking at the bigger picture and really like make sure i'm okay again uh so that's one of the reasons why i bought this and why i really liked it uh but i Mm -hmm. also bought it because um i have this reoccurring dream uh when i'm feeling anxious about a spider in my bed chasing my feet while i try and sleep so when i found this it was almost like prophetical uh and it was really weird to sort of hear a dream played out in a skit uh so Mm -hmm. i know this isn't as entertaining uh or as funny or silly as some of the media that we bring tends to be but this means something to me i don't know if it means good or bad things to me but it does mean something you know what i i think that's that's okay and and i get it i guess um that's a weird that's a weird thing to start off with yeah very weird energy i I get it i guess (laughs) Ugh. 
a lot of um flat sound songs are like I really like uh, I clung to you happy with both drowned because it's more rocky and and less extremely sad because uh I mean yeah like I said earlier like Mitch kind of differs album to album uh with the sort of vibe that he goes for um and other ones deal more with trauma survival and like depression anxiety stuff even some to do with gender identity and sexuality um and I I find it all really interesting but like this one is better for my mental health you know because you can't mm-hmm. just sort of sit and rot for too long sometimes it's fine to indulge but this one especially yeah. I think is nicer um and and some of them really do catch you off guard like that especially like when you're really absorbed in the album uh and then something like this comes up and it sort of really grips you but then comparatively there's one song that I really like uh fuck which one was it I think it's Will Live uh which is a really fun poppy song uh, and it ends with a monologue about how he discovered he had a vor fetish oh (laughs) and i don't know if it's him or if he's making it up or if it's someone else because it's like sort of distorted like if someone was like under witness protection but they were doing an interview (laughs) on television There's a lot of different sounds uh, with flat sound, and and I I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I I just I just had to take a moment to process, and like here's the thing: I don't know whether it's better if he's playing a character or not. Neither do I. I really don't. Oh, no. Yikes, my dude. Yeah? Yikes? I'm going with yikes. All right. But also, yikes. <laughs> yikes. You know? Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that I think that's that's the cadence I want to have. Yikes. Yikes. All right. Well, that's all I really have to say about spiders. Um, yeah, and and I I really like lo-fi stuff. So, and I and I know that you don't especially like care for it that much, but you know, it, yeah. it it definitely sprung to my mind uh, the moment you said that we should do a little interlude skit sort of themed episode. Well, thank thank you very much, Miles, for planting like that thankful. seed into my head. <laughs> for planting that spider in your head. Planting that spider deeply into my brain. So, Miles. So, Miles. What's your skit? Uh, so, it's funny that you mentioned that you almost brought... <laughs> A skit <laughs> from Humans by the Gorillas. I knew it. You both because did. I'm bringing interlude, yeah. the nonconformist's oath. I was going to bring that. <laughs> by bitch. the Gorillas. I knew it. I knew it. I listened to it and I was like, if Mars isn't bringing this, they forgot to. Oh, no. How did you read me so hard? Because you're the biggest anti-capitalist protest person I know. I feel like that's almost sad. Because I feel like I'm not doing a great job of that all the time. But, anyway. Uh, so, I don't know if Humans is still a controversial album. But it certainly was when it came out. And I just want to say that I think that that's fucking stupid. Yeah, I fucking love Humans. Humans is a great album. And acting as if Plastic Beach wasn't also an incredibly political album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even more overt about it. Yeah. It's it's. It's like know. people forgot like the lens of their childhood like shielded them from knowing what they were actually talking about. Because they've been talking about political shit for as long as they've been a band. 
Yeah. And also, like, even people who don't, you know, they don't criticize it for that, but they're like, it just isn't a good album. And it's like, well, how do you go on hiatus for that long and top, like, some of the greatest music from our childhoods? Sorry, it's just very hard to do. Also, I just, I think it took it took a while. It took a while for me it to come around to loving this album. But I really mm. do. Because uh, yeah. I, when it did come out, like, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I didn't hate it mm. but i was just like yeah it's an album it's it's whatever but I, I it took me a couple listens to be like oh actually mm. this album rules and the sound that they're 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 going for is really really cool yeah um and that's how i always am really with with gorillas albums uh yeah. it, it's how i was with plastic beach too was i was like i don't i don't know that i like this it's weird and mm. then i listened to it more i was like i like this it's weird yeah all same with um, me and uh demon does yeah and I haven't even heard the now now yet. Um, Actually, I haven't either because I forgot it was a thing. <laughs> yeah, I have heard absolutely nothing about the now now. Yeah, it just like dropped, and then everyone was like, "All right, <laughs> I guess." Uh, yeah, but like each album is a bit of a slow burn for me. But yeah, yeah like now, now I can say that I love humans. Um, it's it's edgy and stupid at times. Yeah, but. It's there, it still has a lot to say, and it says it very loudly. Yeah. There's a lot of obligatory Sad Boy 2D songs, but that's fine. I still love Busted in Blue. I think it's my favorite song on the album. Well, who doesn't love Sad Boy 2D songs? Cowards. Plenty. Plenty. Cowards. Um, uh, I, I eventually want to talk about humans in greater detail, so I'll, I'll stop talking about the album broadly right now you know for now mm. but i wanted to bring the skit because uh it and the other interludes on humans uh does something that not many other skits do in my opinion yeah be good it's good it's good it's good and it and it definitely reflects the edgy and stupid side of this album yeah um so yeah let's let's give this uh skit uh a little itty bitty listen because it's 22 seconds itty bitty listen and i love you hey hey you keep doing that you keep doing that every time i know i'm sorry don't apologize for your truth miles and now let's repeat the non-conformist oath i promise to be different i promise to be unique I promise not to repeat things other people say. So. So. Uh, very short, very brief, very much just uh, a Steve Martin bit that was <laughs> oscillated and then they added a little bit of a guitar riff at the end. Yeah. But uh, I really like it. Uh, it's 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 shortness really helps me enjoy it uh and and why i in, enjoy it and the other interludes um uh on humans is that um i i'm often listening to my whole library of music on shuffle and most of the time when a skit comes into rotation it feels like really jarring and for me like pretty annoying because yeah. the sound they're, they're not really standing on their own but these interludes fit perfectly between any two songs really yeah i think so it's it's just like a little joke in between your jams yeah you, you can absolutely imagine like and and there is video of the original steve martin bit mm. um but you can just imagine right at the end with a guitar riff it, it's just like the camera cuts directly to his face mm. and he's just like winking yeah you know? i didn't know this was a steve martin bit because we don't do steve martin in australia but you know 
uh, I know sure. of, clearly. Uh, yeah. I really like, I think it adds to the tapestry and the narrative of the album as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think it's lovely. Yeah, I, I think it really is. Um, I, I just love that the album just wanted to tell a little joke in the middle, in, in the middle of it. Yeah. It's great. But the distortion sort of adds this layer of like, I'm joking, but like a sort of covering up the seriousness of it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I think it's really interesting. It adds because like the whole album is very like activist futurism sort of stuff. I think. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think like uh, I think it maybe has gotten better the longer it's been out. Mm-hmm. You know, the more even more relevant and good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. Um, I'm vamping. So. So yeah, that's that's really all I've got to say on uh, the nonconformist oath. Hell yeah! I'm really glad you bought it. I'm glad that I brought it too. I guess you know. <laughs> one of us had to do it. One of us. One, and Mars one of us wasn't going to bring spiders. Mars wasn't going to get spiders. Of course not. Fuck and no. like we really we really needed that contrast between kind of horrible and also kind of horrible. That's why I was going. <laughs> I was glad I was going first because I was like, mm, I'm going to need Mars to bring up the mood a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess I guess with that, let's t- 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 take it to the break. Let's take it to the panic attack. <laughs> Panic attack at the disco. Oh well, yeah, I do that. Have have you have you have you been to a disco? You haven't. No. <laughs> Cultural what? exchange. Okay. I mean, we didn't call school dances dances. We called them discos. Uh oh. And also, I've been to. I mentioned a couple episodes ago. Woody's Roller World had a disco. It was a roller oh, disco. Oh yeah, you did. You did call it a roller disco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a European hangover. It um, might be. We say stupid the, shit the, the discotheque. It's like the other day when I said, take a squiz. And then you said, what did you just say? And I said, squiz. And you were like, that's not a real word. And I was like, no, it is. It isn't, but continue. It is. What the fuck? <laughs> no one has ever said, take a squiz. Everyone says it. <laughs> you're the weird one. It's it's a thing you made up and you're fucking with me really deep, super hard. Ugh, Australian listeners, or maybe British. I don't know if English people say squares. Anyone that can no, confirm no, squares is a thing, confirm it. It's just a Lazarus thing. Oh, okay, okay. It's a family thing. No, fuck off. <laughs> you have one rugby player in your family. What? And suddenly you can only say squares. I I I don't know what anything means anymore. Neither let's let's take it to the break. Let's take it to the break. Let's take it to a break and swiftly our interview with Nat Puff, aka Left at London. But you know I think if we stick together, maybe we'll become each other's guide.
everyone. Right. Welcome back. Uh, Welcome it back. is it is our personal joy to have Nat Puff, aka Left at London, on our show. Hi. Uh, she is a Seattle-based singer songwriter, uh, and uh, do you produce your, as well? I produced uh, my second EP, Transgender Street Legend Volume One. Uh, I didn't That's produce cool. the first one, but. Um, I produced some parts of it, so I guess producer is also an apt title. You have two EPs: the uh, the Purple Heart EP, released in June of 2018, and then most recently in November of last year, like you were saying, Transgender Street Legend Volume One. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Nat, not to participate in the toxic callout culture that seeps into our social media experience right off the bat, sure. um, but uh, can I just read you a, a sentence from your own website really quick? Oh no! What is this? <laughs> I haven't updated that thing in a while, so I'm really scared for what it is. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Um, okay. Although Left at London mostly is known for her pop writing sensibility, she is mostly known for her deeply personal and introspective lyricism. No, did I say mostly known twice? Yes, you did. Fuck! Oh, my God. <laughs> this... Oh, man. Um, which is which is good, nice context for our listeners who might not know your writing style. But also, I love that you are mostly known for two very distinct things. I think that's I'm mostly known constantly. <laughs> I'm just constantly mostly known. God. An almost enigma. Um, <laughs> um, okay, but seriously, though, uh, could you talk about uh, where you first got started with music? I first got started with music uh, when I was in sixth grade. Um, I, I started writing songs and started playing guitar around then. Uh, none of the songs were good though. Uh, the first song that I ever, uh, <laughs> like played on the guitar successfully was probably, um, well, the, the first one that I ever like learned by ear, which was, um, what's that fog hat song where it's like, eh, eh, eh. wait, no, uh, slow ride. Uh, sure. I was thinking, I was thinking of smoke on the water, but I thought about it a second time and was like, no, I'm thinking of slow ride. Um, Almost everyone's is smoke on the water, so you're breaking. Yes, <laughs> uh, but then the first song that I actually like learned successfully on the guitar, like with chords and shit, was probably um, what was it? It. I'm trying to think of the name of the song. House of the Rising Sun. Ah. Can't believe that I forgot the name of that song. Classic. Like two very, very, very famous songs, and they both kind of slipped my mind. That's okay. Uh, I. Um, as regular listeners of the show will know, I forget shit literally all the time. So the next episode, you forget shit. Yeah, yeah. By by next episode, I will forget this interview happened. So mm-hmm. what the fuck? We talked with <laughs> Left at London. I'm like holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Just you know that movie Fifty First Dates, where Adam Sandler is unfortunately in a movie. It's kind of like that. You'll just wake up one day and you look down, you have a wedding ring on, you have a baby, and you're on a boat. With who? who what is going on? Adam Sandler. <laughs> okay. is that, does that happen in the movie? I couldn't wa- I couldn't get past the first, like, 40 minutes. It's the ending. How how sad is it that I've seen the ending of Fifty First Dates? You spoiled the ending of Fifty First Dates for me. Oh, I s- no. <laughs> Damn you have, it. You have to put <laughs> a spoiler cu- warning. The cultural <laughs> touchdown, Fifty First Dates. Touchdown, Dates. Uh, touchdown is- sports. Is oh, it's Touchstone, isn't it? Yeah, it whatever. Is. Fuck it. The cultural it. touchdown. The cultural touchdown. Super Bowl just God. happened. Uh, we're getting it on that <laughs> SEO. Oh God. Um. Okay. You, you can't say Super Bowl. You have to say the big game. Otherwise, we get sued. No, I can say Super Bowl. Fuck it. Um, okay. No fear. Okay. So, uh, what, what, or who are some of your influences in terms of your uh, production style? In terms of my production style, honestly, like I. 
I get asked what my influences are like a lot, and the honest to god answer is I have no clue. I think like, that's the best answer, to be honest. I, yeah. I, I want to say that I have, like, a lot of influences, but my main, like, like Revolution Lover, that came to me in a dream. Like, Fuck yeah, so did my name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but, uh, like, I literally... Um, I, I literally had a dream. I'm not sure if I told this story before, but I literally had a dream where that riff, the was like playing in the background of it. And um, the entire time, it was literally just the plot of the Simpsons movie, except it was like dark and gritty and horrifying. Uh, but like that was like at the end when like, I don't know, Springfield was uh, saved or whatever. Right. Yeah. So uh, so you haven't seen all of Fifty First Dates, but you have seen all of the Simpsons movie. <laughs> it was on TBS. <laughs> I've... To clarify, what the fuck else was I supposed to do? To clarify, <laughs> I've never seen Fifty First Dates. I, I'm not even. Sh- I'm not even have sure I remembered that it was. A- yes, I have. Okay, a couple times actually. I'm the worst one of all of us. <laughs> you know the Kinsey scale. Instead, it's on a scale of watching Fifty First Dates to watching the Simpsons movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which one am I? You're right in the middle. Yeah, you're right in the middle. <laughs> You're, you're, you lean toward Simpsons movie a little bit, but you're, you're, mm. you're basically right in the middle. Oh, damn. I think it's really interesting because I, uh, I think so far we've interviewed only trans people. <laughs> uh, yeah, people. I believe so. that's his podcast. Um, so I was wondering how much does your identity play into making your music and your narratives? Hmm. Well, I'd say that it really depends on the song uh, where my identity as a trans woman comes into play and where my identity as a lesbian comes into play. Surprisingly enough, uh, even though that it's like less prevalent in my life, I'd say being a lesbian is honest to God, like way more prevalent in my music just because that like, I don't know. (laughs) There's the whole stereotype of the U-Haul lesbians thing. And to to some extent, that's been true with my BPD ass. So it's like... I, like, get attached to people very, like, easily, and then, like, Mm -hmm. we have to break it off for whatever reason, and then I end up writing a song about it, and so, like, (laughs) these songs have piled up. Like, Waiting on a Ghost was one instance where I got really attached to this person. Uh, Felt Like I Had Died was another instance where I got really attached to this person, and it just didn't work out, and so I had to write a song about it just to sort of, like, let it go. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal some some exclusive content here. Um, Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Some unreleased songs of mine, uh, which are all going to like, eventually I collect, I collected so many of these songs where I just wrote them about a person that it just didn't work out that I had enough to create a whole entire album. <laughs> so that's what my first album's going to be. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause I, I, after felt like I died and waiting on a ghost, I was like, I can't just keep on like hitting them off with like one individual like song. Otherwise I'd have to make like nine different EPs. Yeah. Take a deep dive. One album. Yeah. yeah hell yeah. I, For I, fucking real. So, some, some album concepts are pretty weak. That's a very strong album concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. It's, it's, it's going to be a good one. I, I'm, I'm really proud of it thus far. I've recorded most of the instrumentals. I just have to record the vocals and then the instrumentals for a couple of songs and then it's actually going to be done um but i'm probably going to hold on to it for a little bit just to hype it up and just yeah, you yeah. know tease people because mm-hmm. it's one of the very few dumb things about me <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Okay. But yeah, like back to your point of like, I think it's um pretty common to like write more about your sexuality than about your gender identity, mostly uh-huh. because like typically when you're writing about things or creating things, you tend to think more about other people than yourself first. So I, th- I think mm. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I, well, I, I it's not that I haven't completely disregarded my gender identity with my within my music. I mean um like i don't trust you anymore Mm. that was definitely about my gender identity Mm. like that's blatantly about like well not blatantly it's it's semi-blatant it's pretty apparent uh and then and then uh let's see no no other release songs were about my gender identity (laughs) like directly at least um but um i i have like a bunch of songs in the quote-unquote vault and that's the second album (laughs) i'm just leaking with you a bunch of secrets right now i love you call it the vault I, I, I call it the vault. Well, like, if people remember any of the songs that I released prior to Purple Heart EP, uh, like, that I just had on Spotify, no, not Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, and everything like that, uh, like, a lot of those songs were about my gender identity. A lot of those songs. Um, some of them won't make it out alive. So the people who have those, uh, those people who have downloaded those uh, tracks definitely got an exclusive on their hands because that I'm not going to re-release them anytime mm-hmm. soon. Some of the songs, however, I'm gonna like try to give like a proper release and a proper studio time to. If you have any illegal downloads of uh, Nat Puff's old SoundCloud music, you could probably sell it on eBay for you know like three times the markup, probably. <laughs> Which is funny because uh, zero times three is still zero. <laughs> the Nat Puff economy is in shambles. <laughs> So uh, we are are uh, n- now now we are past the intro section of my notes for this in- interview. Mm. Love that. Uh, and now to get to the main the main juice of it. Uh, so we our our sort of concept behind this is that um, you recently released um, Transgender Street Legend Volume One, yes. and we want to dive a little deeper into each of the songs on that album. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Uh, technically, it's it, it, technically it's an EP. We've had we've had <laughs> we've had so many discussions. We've had not a couple difference. of conversations about <laughs> this on the show. And I keep telling Maz there's a difference. I just call everything an album because it's, it's you know what? It's a collection of music. The new whole thing is everyone's releasing mixtapes. I don't know the difference between those, a mixtape and an album. Those are also honest. albums as far as I'm concerned. The difference between mixtapes and albums is the promotion, and that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's that's yeah, my that's my controversial that. opinion that I'm going to reveal on the show right now. That that's that's the one. Oh shit! Getting <laughs> uh, deep into politics. We we are we are. Um, so uh, we we sort of each chose two of the songs uh, uh, on the on the EP. You're lucky that there's only four songs on that EP. Then, well, if it was longer, we would have done something more general. Now. <laughs> So you're lucky that it's four songs, so, not we're lucky. Can you imagine the, audi- the, the audio and social hell if you release, like, for example, a 12-song album and then us being like, okay, we're going to go through song by song and interrogate you about what you meant. Yes. That would suck. Oh, uh, this is just was... a skit. <laughs> um, Yo, I so... heard that, like, I was listening mm-hmm. to, like, Sirius XM Radio and Brockhampton was on it, like, doing a song by song, like... Mm-hmm. like discussion of the album uh iridescence and mm-hmm. then it goes to loophole and they're like yeah this is just a skit 
<laughs> we don't give a shit. Like they they really tried to be like like yeah, this is a skin and it's very important to the album, but they were very clear like at that point like this was track seven and they were like running out of steam with in terms of like what <laughs> yeah. they wanted to say about these tracks. So they just went like yeah, it's a skit. Yeah, like we re-recorded a uh, iridescent special, and I think we did a first take, and then we had to redo it because the first one was us just going through song by song and being like, "What do you think about it? It's mm. all right." Next song, yeah, it, and was, it was kind of terrible. Was, it was really not listenable, so we redid it. <laughs> um, I the first time that I ever listened to iridescent. Sorry to get back on Brockhampton and interrupt you. That's constantly, okay. That's but, okay. Uh, but I am the special guest, so I get privileges. Uh, but, uh, the first time that I listened to Iridescence, it was on a Tinder date. I was both, oh, shit. uh, uh-huh. I w- like, we were both fans of Brockhampton and we just like discussed it casually. And I was like, Hey, have you listened to Iridescence yet? And they were like, no, I haven't. Have you? And I was like, no, I haven't. And, uh, I was three days into recovering from a major surgery. Uh, so mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, I'm in my PJs. How about you drive on down here? And we listen to Iridescence together. I'm going to smoke a shit ton of weed while recovering <laughs> from surgery. And we're just going to listen to Iridescence together. And she's like, sounds good with me. And we did it. And it was a great first date. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Oh, I wish God. I had That's dates fantastic. like that. Well, yeah, you need to get more surgeries. I need to get more <laughs> dates at all. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so we each pick two songs. Okay. Yeah, but... all right. No. <laughs> But Moving on. Uh, I picked the first two songs and Miles picked the last two songs. So we're was that split. convenience or uh, was that convenience in, or is it just like inconvenience happenstance? Happenstance. Um, inconvenience because Miles and I were doing it. Well, yeah, because we. Uh, so we're gonna, I guess, talk about the songs in a weird order, just so that we're both talking and it's not just stacked. I love. We're starting with the odd numbers and then going into the even numbers. Just think of it that way. Okay. So I want to talk about Revolution Lover. Yes. Um, so first off, like you were talking about, I love that amazing guitar riff. I'm that... so glad that you know that it's guitar. So many people think it's like a saxophone or like edited voice or something like that. It's just oh, a guitar really? pitched up really? an no, octave. It, sa- it just sounds like a guitar. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> it's Yeah, it's, just does... picked a, it's pitched up an octave, so it like throws people off, I guess. How does that sound like a saxophone? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like, I don't know. <laughs> This is this is um, not, not me. People got weird ears. Uh, so I think the uh, the production of the song really supports your vocals perfectly. Um, it sounds really dense and bright and wonderful. Uh, this is in so from sort of my perspective of it a a, a very hopeful ass song and i I think that's um something that i really love because i um really think that that especially with you know the situation in america the whole american thing um uh i think right now we need like hopeful songs more than anything more than like jury cynical songs and it's not like the song ignores track three (laughs) well like track three Um, And it's not like the song ignores the jury, but it doesn't let that hold it back either. It's Um, actually funny that you say that the song sounds like dense and very full and very intricate when it's in reality just like six MIDI tracks stacked onto each other. Like I with... think, I, I, I think, you know, like, sure, I could probably, if, when listening to it, like, pick out each individual track, but, like, when listening to it, like, and, and getting, like, the, the, like, I, I feel like the experience of the song, like, 
Do I know what I'm saying? No, Hold totally. On. It's it's deceptively it's deceptively dense. Yes. Thank you for uh, thank you for saving me from from my brain leaking out from forty ears. more minutes of just like do you know what I'm saying like uh, yeah. like here let me let me try, let me try to rephrase it you know yeah yeah thank you so much um, uh, so could you talk about what inspired you to write the song and what does this song mean to you well like I said the main riff came to me in a dream about the Simpsons uh, but when I woke mm-hmm. up I was like I'm not gonna write a goddamn song about the Simpsons. <laughs> So I had to think about what I was going to write about. And um, my girlfriend, Zoe, uh, we've been uh, we've been together since May of last year. And um, I I've written her songs before, but recently she's been having like, I don't know, like or recently in the sense of like recently in terms of when I wrote the song. Mm-hmm. um she had been having this sense of hopelessness in terms of like the news and whatnot and she's she's very level-headed otherwise uh and she's she's very like she's a very conscious and very focused person and i really admire that about her mindset but she still finds it like stressful to be in this current uh place in american history so mm-hmm. i wanted to give her specifically some hope for the future and in turn give other people hope for the future uh even when i sometimes lack it and so i wanted to write a song that just basically said we'll be all right and so i was like that's a good enough line i'll just add that (laughs) to the chorus uh and then i was like what like what am i gonna say after that and the phrase revolution lover popped into my head because um because uh zoe my girlfriend uh who you can who you can uh visit uh at cool trainer zoe xo uh (laughs) instead of zo uh because she spells her name with an x uh she uh wait what was i talking about shit hold on what was i talking about i don't think you finished plugging her okay yeah uh we have a podcast uh called wine please together uh so if you ever look up wine please and see um like a green glass with a pink bottle being poured into the glass uh that's our show uh and go listen to it we're we're we we do 30 minute to hour long episodes it's very fun but anyways yeah about about her um like uh she is very politically active and i really appreciate that about her so i wanted revolution lover to be sort of like a like a dual meaning thing where it's like she like to love her is to feel like you're part of a revolution and she herself loves that revolution um so that's what the phrase revolution lover means to me and i and i believe that that goes beyond just a romantic relationship i feel like that can reach sort of like intense platonic relationships as well so i didn't want to make this a blatant like like we're going to kiss at the top of a staircase, I don't know, but like I didn't want it to make it like a weird, blatant romance song. I wanted it to just be an ode to powerful relationships that you get through hard political times with. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a fantastic reason to write a song. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Miles, you you oh, have hi. you have the I next. also host this. You also you you also <laughs> host this. Um, so, uh, you have the next song. I'm the second special guest. Um, <laughs> so, that's, you're you're not you're not even a, a regular guest. You're just a co-host, Miles. Listen, Everyone's a special guest on this show. Even you, everyones. 
Thank you. Yeah, you know, that's a good way to think In about God's it. God's eyes. Um, so, okay, I'm going to cover I Don't Trust You Anymore, which I think might be my favorite song on the album. I'm pretty sure. As a kid, I was idolizing billionaires and all the presidents, but I don't trust them anymore. No way, no way, no, not again. I may never trust it all. No way, no way, I'm over them. You made me question my faith. I started learning it hasn't gotten worse. It's never been great. I like all of them. Um, Because I love, like, um, it's sort of like acoustic ish, I, I guess. I guess you'd describe it like that. I it is an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's like a really fantastic sort of sing-along, queer, interesting song. Because like, even though it's sort of like a little bit grim, I think you'd agree. It's sort of like, you know, learning not to trust people in power. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's deceptively I... uplifting, uh, which is, yeah. which is, um, which is like the exact opposite of Revolution Lover. Because that song is <laughs> like, I, I do find it kind of like interesting that we're covering these songs back to back because they are kind of sort of polar opposites of each other politically like mm-hmm. like one is very um one is very like uplifting sounding but has like lines indicating that like we've almost fucking died and then the other song is like uplifting sounding and it's like hey you're killing us now and yeah. like it, it, mm-hmm. the, it, the reason why is because they're directed at different people um i'm not gonna say who i don't trust you anymore is directed to a lot of people picked up on who verse one uh like who verse one is about um but i'm definitely not gonna tell you what verse two is about uh just yeah. because uh that's more personal Mm-hmm. But I will say that it's personal and the fact that it is personal kind of like, I don't know, is very, yeah. it does give you some insight into the song. One interesting about the thing about that yeah. song, I, actually, I'm interrupting you like constantly. Do you have any questions <laughs> no. specifically? No, about I, it? I, 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 I had think... one specific question, but you're totally fine to ramble. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I, Good. I, I, I'm going to continue rambling in that case. One interesting yeah, thing about it. this song is that the percussion is entirely like... It's, I consider it a very trans song and the most trans song because that the percussion are, the percussion is my thighs and a bottle of estradiol. <laughs> that's incredible. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's literally that. the only percussion on that song is just a bottle of estradiol and my fucking thighs being slapped. I had to like lock my door while recording percussion because I was just like <laughs> buck naked on my bed just being like ma don't come in here because this was still was when I was living with my parents when I recorded oh this my like gosh like That's two years mood. ago-ish. <laughs> Before I went on testosterone, I remember being at so many house parties, and then at, like, at 9pm, like, just a bunch of us would just stand up and go to the bathroom to just (laughs) put on cream or, like, injections and stuff, to, like, be back in 30. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible, I love that. Did you have Uh, any other, like, specific uh, questions about the song, though? Yeah, I do. Uh, So, and also, like, I definitely think this is going to be the one that I'm just going to learn all the words to and scream it (laughs) Mm. because it's really good. It's a very, I like the sound of this a lot and I love the lyrics. So I guess my specific question is also a very broad question of sort of generally, what is a moment from your past where you first noticed your distrust in figures in power? It could be something as small as like, my principal didn't allow us to wear like different clothes and like that was a shitty moment. 
moment or as big as like people in current political office, I won't name names, just decided that I aren't a person anymore. I think that um, there's part of me that is admittedly grateful for the current shambles of political discourse that we live in because that it has expanded like with all this tragedy, it has expanded my knowledge in terms of how bad other people in office have been to like people like me and like other marginalized communities prior to this administration Uh and that is something that i hadn't lived with before and call it privilege that's probably what it is but like that it just i don't know I, i i looked up to like certain presidents and 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 that's and i used to look up to sort of like the idea of becoming a millionaire and Mm -hmm. travi mccoy and bruno mars sure as hell didn't help that uh but uh for those who get that reference thank you uh 2009 gang stand up but uh (laughs) (laughs) but like i um I think now the only president, the only president that I've like can really truly say was a person of the people was William Henry Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell, he tell us a he died 29 days into office. Yeah. And he, he truly knew what the people wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Going for the people. God. I was about to say, I love not knowing anything about American history, but that pretty much, I guess, sums that up. Yeah. <laughs> the funny, okay, I've recounted this to a lot of people just because I think it's funny, and, uh, but, like, the reason why he died was because he caught pneumonia because his, uh, he, his, like, what do you call it? Like, what do you call, like, an acceptance speech, but for presidencies? Whatever it's called. Uh, oh, God, I don't yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, so whatever that is, like, the day that he was, like, his first day in office, he he made a three-hour-long speech. It is, to this day, the longest acceptance speech given by a president in history. It was raining, and he refused to wear a coat, and he caught pneumonia and died. God. Yeah. Brain cell? What the fuck? Like, that's just, like, the funniest shit ever. And it's he's the entire reason that we have, like... Like a line of su- succession with uh, like American presidents, like this is the entire reason that the uh, president was like, "What the fuck do we do?" Yeah, because he died, and everybody was like, "Who, who, who, who is the president now?" I I can't believe no one said we'll just do another election. I feel like that seems reasonable enough, but no one thought of they that. They really could have. They really could have weekend at Bernie'd him. Oh yeah, that of... that's the best. That's the best idea. Fuck my yeah, idea. Yeah, sort of the vice president would just sort of put an arm around him and put old timey sunglasses on him, and you know, walk him around. There, there, there was um, there was a president. Hold on, who basically was weekend at Bernie's? Uh, oh god. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow it? Wilson. Yes. His wife basically up with your country. uh, Well, (laughs) yeah. His wife basically did everything, everything for like a period of time because they didn't want to like lower American morale because like they were in a pretty tough spot. So they just so his wife was just like, I'll handle it, and just did fucking everything. So we've already had a woman president basically, but she's not going to get credit because this is America. She yep. does. She doesn't have a fucking painting in in the White House. <laughs> she don't got a painting. She doesn't if have a painting. Um, if you lift up her husband's painting, her painting's underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> Behind uh, every almost dead man, there is a woman. 
<laughs> there's a woman who's the president. There's a woman who's the president. Wow, we are getting... getting that tattooed on me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um... <laughs> We're getting a tad bit off topic. So it's oh, it's listen. it's funny that you 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 talked about how much there is uh, an emotion shift uh, between the different songs on this EP um, because it, you really feel that with with I split my ribs open. Without saying goodbye, cause I'm offended that I'm hurting and your care was denied. You just gonna stare at the sky. I bet I'm buried in mine. But when it hurts, don't compare it to mine. As opposed to Revolution Lover, it's a little bit grittier, uh, starting with that sort of muffled acoustic guitar, and then and then even when the drum beat hits, the production goes more electronic. It it never really loses that gritty edge to it. Um, yeah, there's, there's a sort of lot of unease to the song pretty immediately. Um, uh, it's a really nice contrast that I think adds to the color of the EP a lot, and I think you know obviously Open Mike Eagle's contribution to the song is really really quite perfect. Um, I'm still shocked I got him on the EP. I'm gonna be frank; well, I have no fucking clue how I convinced him. Well, well, that's that's the thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, could you could you give a little beso- behind the scenes look at what the process is for getting a feature like that as a uh, as a small independent artist? What did that honest, look like? Honest to god i tweeted at him saying hey your email's down on your website and i'm trying to send you an email how 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 do i go about this and he just followed me and so i was like okay now i have the ability to dm him he didn't respond to the tweet in like period he just followed me and then expected me to find out which i ended up doing because i was like i wonder if he's responded to that tweet yet whoa what the fuck and so I DM'd him a video of me just playing the beat and explaining the beat, uh, like like the like how the production came about and whatnot, because that I wanted to show him that I was passionate about it, and I wanted mm-hmm. him, I, I wanted to like tell the story about how I came about the beat, which was that muffled acoustic guitar is played by my girlfriend's best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was a sample of a song that they made back in 2014 um, oh. that they posted on their SoundCloud. Um, and uh, I, cause she told me, my girlfriend told me like, you should listen to my SoundCloud. And I was like, okay. Like, she's like, yeah, this is just a bunch of like silly things that I made in high school. It's no, it's no, it's nothing special or great and i'm like don't downplay yourself but okay and i um i listened to all the tracks but uh i believe the song was called night camp at high pastures or something like that uh which was based on a poem that her grandmother wrote and um that guitar riff just struck it struck a chord with me uh so (laughs) 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 so i immediately went home like i was like three minutes away from my house and I was just like, I immediately have to make a beat out of this. Like, this is what I have to do. So I just, I downloaded it off one of those illegal SoundCloud downloader things. I made the beat and I sent it to, I sent the beat to her. I was like, what do you think of this? And she's like, holy shit, this is like partly my song. And I I also synced up the beat to like the, the, um, the, 
that like when it mm-hmm. like the drums come in i edited that to be exactly like the snare hit to be uh synced up to that video of richard spencer getting punched uh, <laughs> the layers the, there's oh a lot God. of layers to this song and i'm gonna get through all of them but um uh, life is like an onion a real onion oh no but uh so i yeah, I sent that to her. I sent that to her friends, uh, who I actually uh, streamed with a couple days ago. Uh, we we played Banjo Kazooie on Twitch, and we're gonna do it again soon. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Uh, but uh, yeah. So after I made the beat and I had it all together, I asked my friend uh, who goes by uh, Magdalena uh, as like their artist name. Uh, and that's how they prefer to be referred to in when I'm talking in a professional capacity. Um, but um, they recommended me like, what if you got open Mike Eagle on the track? And I was like, that's uh, that's a little bit uh, like uh, out there of a suggestion. I, I doubt that he'd want yeah. to, but I still like artistry is about taking fucking chances. And like mm-hmm. I and when anybody like takes a chance, I respect that even if they get rejected. So I Mm-hmm. I, I did it. I, I I went through Open Mike Eagle. I sent him the video of me just explaining like where the beat came from and uh, like that I wanted him on this track and that I had a concept for the song to be about like this friend who's trying to reach out to this other friend who's going through trouble. And I wanted his verse to be in the perspective of that friend going through the trouble. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he liked the idea enough that he sent me a verse like, three months later it's actually it's actually kind of funny uh i was expecting for this ep i i made the whole song and i like left a huge blank space for him to rap over and uh and i was like uh i think i contacted him in like july or something like that and i was like mm-hmm. hey uh do you want to rap over this he's like yeah sure uh, i'll get back to you uh, i'll get back to you with a full verse in september i contact him in september and i'm like hey do you have the verse yet and he's like you never sent me the instrumental <laughs> so <laughs> I had to reset in the instrumental and wait a couple more months for that verse to come in. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I I felt so goddamn unprofessional, but I'm so glad that he responded. Uh, I'm very (laughs) thankful for his contributions and his patience. Um, uh, And like, uh, I ended up showing the first time that he listened to the full song. He had never listened to my vocals. uh, Uh Like, um, I'm not even sure if he listened to the Purple Hardy P to be honest, uh, but like, mm-hmm. uh, like prior to this release, but I recorded all the vocals and just never showed it to him. And then like, he came to Seattle. Turns out my friend Magdalena was open Mike Eagle's friend, uh, <laughs> like never told me that they were buds. And I, <laughs> and like, I thought like uh, that uh, it might have been like partially because that they were friends that he responded to me in the first place. But no, he just responded to me as an individual, not knowing that I was friends with Magdalena. So that's wonderful. Yeah. So I was very flattered, like doubly. And uh, uh, my friend Magdalena ended up uh, getting me backstage at the show that he did at the Crocodile. And we smoked a shit ton of weed in the dressing room. And because it's legal here, and mm-hmm. I see uh, a similar vein through some of these stories, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, I 
uh, graffitoed one of the walls, which was fun. Uh, the rapper mm-hmm. Father actually ended up posting my graffiti later on his Insta story because uh, it said "Girls with Dicks will change the industry," and I guess that he, I guess part of him agreed. Uh, but uh, <laughs> icon, I, mm-hmm. I'm an icon. I'm sorry, but it's just true. I'm kidding, but uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. But uh, yeah, Magdalena. And open mic eagle all backstage with me, and I was like, "Hey, I never showed you the full final version of this song yet." And he was like, "That's true, you haven't." So Magdalena got out um, a little speaker, and um, and we all played it. Uh, and it wasn't Magdalena's first time hearing the song, but it was open mic eagle's first time playing the song. And I just remember him being like, he really got into the bass riff. Like he kept on asking me, like, "Who does the bass?" And I was like, "It was me." <laughs> and he was like, "I really <laughs> like that bass." And so I was like really happy about that. <laughs> Because, uh, uh, like, I play all the instruments on this EP, like, all uh-huh. of the instruments. The only thing that I didn't do was mix, master, and do the rap verse uh, mm. and, like, the sample work. That's that's it. Everything else was done by me, uh-huh. which was definitely an ambitious endeavor, considering that I'd never considered myself a producer prior to this production. Mm, uh, so cool. But, yeah, that's basically the whole story of how Open Mike Eagle first listened to that um, that verse. Uh, the I mean, I, I see a um, lot of similarities, like not even to like kiss your ass or anything, but you talking to open Mike Eagle is very similar to me messaging you. Because <laughs> <laughs> because uh, transgender street legend volume one, I have to say the full title. Of course, <laughs> go stream it on Spotify. Because there might be full um, volumes, uh, other volumes later in ooh. my life. Who knows? Oh shit! I, I've teased fun. three projects now. Oh, yeah. while, while on this Pot- podcast. I never give anybody potentially this. Potentially more, yeah. Potentially more. I'll just I'll just be like, and I'm having a baby in 15 years. Like, <laughs> I'll just keep going. You're suddenly a prophet for your own life, but only when you tell other people. And I will die on June 10th of 2086. <laughs> oh, no. That's not, that's... Get prepared well, that's... for my death, guys. Oh, God. Having a party. <laughs> No, nobody. We've already at Bernie's. Mate. We've we've already booked dates. It's all set. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have tickets. Got the coffin all lined up. <laughs> I I know when and where. As soon as I die, I'm gonna fall into the coffin, <laughs> and it'll just be perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, no. like you were yeah. saying. <laughs> But yeah, so Transgender Street Legend, uh, Volume 1, of course, uh, came out, and I listened to it, and I had that moment of, like, I do a podcast with my friend now. What if I just messaged her? <laughs> it was very it was very bold of me. I never do shit like that, because um, anxiety. Love it, gang gang. Um, I'm very glad you responded, though. It's funny how, like, sometimes you just need to take a chance um, and, you know, just sort of stick your courage to the sticking place and yeah. message people, and sometimes it works out. Yeah, a lot of my fans have podcasts and shit, and I try to, like, I honestly try to get on, like, as many as I can because I, I, I want to open that dialogue a little bit better. And uh, mm-hmm. I can't, like, like I, I can't see, like, all of my messages, but, like, I try to, like, look at all of them to, like, retweet, like, people's GoFundMes and stuff like like that um but uh yeah you just seemed genuine so i was like okay i'll do it it's funny because that even being on this podcast i don't know what the name of the podcast is (laughs) i you know what that's so valid uh what if we just don't tell you what if we just don't (laughs) i I won't like this this fucking podcast will be uploaded i have no idea where to find it 
Don't tag her. Don't do any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Censor my name so I can't even name search it. (laughs) Bleep out all mentions of your name in the in the episode. Just delete as much of you as possible from this episode. Actually, just remove your track entirely, and just it's us two talking in the with interview. like long oh, fucking God. bouts of silence. <laughs> just like, so what did you think of? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing for five minutes. I was just going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So the slash at slash, which is short for left at London, it's an abbre- it's a stylized abbreviation. Uh, mm-hmm. one of the problems with that is that when you, when you search, when you put slash at slash into any search engine, if you ever like want to try to mm-hmm. find out if people are talking about you or seeing if you're like, quote unquote, trending, uh, every single time that you do that, the search engine comes up with an error message because that it can't comprehend slash at slash with their normal, like <laughs> ways of searching things up. So I just given up on that, like finding <laughs> tweets about me, honestly. <laughs> It's very cyberpunk of you. It's uh, very cyber. It's accidentally cyberpunk. It, mm-hmm. I'm surprised you didn't want to go with Lal. <laughs> what Lal? Like, the, like listen to how that sounds. Like, Wait, it's, you you, hey, you didn't you didn't want everybody calling you Lal? Yeah, it's it sounds it sounds like somebody with like um like a really weird accent trying to say lol out loud and and mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. saying lol out loud is just a <laughs> degrading act akin to like mm-hmm. eating dog food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, also, you're, it also you're sounds like a word that like an old man would call you, but it doesn't exist. Hey, little Al, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something you would hear on the st- like from someone you don't know on the street. From Grandpa Mike. Grandpa Mike. <laughs> Grandpa Mike, mm-hmm. notorious harasser. No one, no one likes Grandpa Mike. <laughs> Fuck Grandpa Mike. Fuck Grandpa Mike. We have one more song to talk about. How we <laughs> yes. been on time? Yes. yes. So, um, <laughs> last one. Waiting on a ghost. Uh, I also obviously very much like this one. I like all the songs. Listen, uh, I really like how it's very, like, sort of, I would almost say, like, sleepy and very tender, but again, like, lyrically kind of sad and upsetting. Yeah. Um, and I wrote this down in my notes before we even talked about iridescence and stuff, but uh, it actually reminds me a lot of some of the uh, Rockhampton songs that have come out recently, with like Bareface and Jova especially doing sort of like little sort of either very clean singing or like their little monologuing bits, and I thought it was very beautiful. Mm. Very pretty. Thank you. Um, and so my question, I think in particular, is because this is also a theme in a lot of songs, is why do you use ghost as a metaphor? Oh, that's a good question. Is it a good question? Uh, it's a horrible question, but no, I fuck you. <laughs> um, but uh, waiting on a ghost uh, is quite literally about being ghosted. It's it's very like a blatant. All right, it's, it's not it's even a, that much of a metaphor. It's not even that much of a metaphor. Right, I love that. Uh, but it's it's very literally about uh, being ghosted. But I wanted to like uh, personify the act of being ghosted a little bit. So like. I'm in the ballroom just waiting to dance with your ghost was meant to be sort of like this thing where like that period of time where you don't realize that you've been ghosted yet and you're just like being like hey uh just checking in on you how you feeling uh are we still on for Thursday you know and it it feels like like dancing on this dancing with this ghost and the title waiting on a ghost Mm. is 
from the line waiting to dance with your ghost but i uh the original uh title of that track was meant to be a 4 a.m drunk text uh but um Mm. but zoe my girlfriend uh said like what if you did waiting on a ghost and i was like that actually sounds perfect and it uh it like I don't know. I felt like titling my song 4AM Drunk Text might A, not get my song approved by DistroKid just because that like it doesn't mm-hmm. do times for some reason. Like if you titled mm-hmm. your track September the 18th, then they're going to be like, no, nope, canceled. Uh, but um, but the other reason why was because I didn't want it to sound too much like Childish Gambino's The Longest Text Message Ever in terms mm-hmm. of titling the songs. So I was like, I wasn't attached to that song entirely in fact when i was deciding song titles before zoe recommended that one i was literally about to decide it with a twitter poll but i didn't want to reveal to anybody that I was making a second ep that year oh okay so, <laughs> just on a completely unrelated note what do you guys think sounds better <laughs> yeah like here's a, like, here's a list if of i, w- like, if I were to make a song like you know like i never do uh what should it be titled I'm, I'm out of the music industry. I'm announcing today, but <laughs> if I did, Jesus Christ! If I did come back <laughs> for a triumphant second EP, God, quitting quitting after making one EP would suck. It's uh, a power move. No, it's a very powerful move. I, I think it's a powerful move, but like, also don't do it if you have like good enough content. I'm looking at you, gloss. <laughs> gloss that is true god i god i miss gloss god i miss gloss i wanted to go to their last show so bad because i never went to one of their live shows but i just it was too long of a drive yeah yeah living in australia it's kind of like oh you like music how about fuck you (laughs) no one comes here except for hosier i'm so excited for hosier folks um so yeah i guess i guess that's that's it for for a little well it's not little it took an hour uh (laughs) for our teensy weensy interview for our small little interview uh so i guess my last question for you and you already talked about this um what's what's next for left at london i've already told you way too much (laughs) if people want to find out what's next for left of london scroll back to like 10 minutes into this interview and i'm pretty sure you'll find the answer you're looking for well let's let's uh i i know earlier we talked about uh you doing your new favorite in the middle but why don't you maybe start off by talking about your new favorite because otherwise we might not get to it uh my new favorite what your new favorite song? song. Oh shit! Um, oh, did you not prepare one? Did, you never told me to. Oh, Miles said. I did. All, Miles said okay. he did, but that's okay. Never mind. Let me let me let me think real quick. Um. Okay. Last night, I'm gonna say that just because that last night I had a dream about this song. Uh-huh. But uh, Shit. but on the Beyonce Jay Z collab project, uh, everything is love by the Carters. Um, there is one song called Black Effect, which like re-entered back into my psyche because that Beyonce posted a picture of like a bunch of like these uh, black activists for like Black History Month here. Uh, mm-hmm. with with the caption we good uh, which is a line from black effect and i guess that crept up into my subconscious because that it started playing in my dream the dream had nothing to do with the song's topic and it was about me beating up this one random dude at a water park like <laughs> like he just like kept on harassing it was like some like really like douchey dude like who looks sure. like his name is like hunter or something like that and Ooh. like <laughs> that was visceral <laughs> 
and like he just kept on like harassing me and like calling me slurs and stuff and so like all of a sudden black effects started playing and right as the drums come in i just started beating his ass in this dream and i woke up and i was like wow wow i i, I can look at that song in a in a in a different light now <laughs> I wish I had your dreams. I, they sound very interesting. My dreams are a fucking weird, like, honest to God. Oh, my God. The dreams I could tell you about. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. I'm I'm really glad that you were, that you uh, uh, were able to, you know, find a song and tell a story. Sorry for putting you on the spot like that, but it was, <laughs> it was a... It was a very fun story. Uh, I think you pulled one out. Yeah, the fact that you pulled one out so quickly was thank very God, surprising. Thank God for my my for my dream world uh, being so musical. Uh, it's very musical. So is that the the second or third dream that you've mentioned in this interview so far? Um, well, I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you another sense. dream that I have. <laughs> Please do. All right. Yeah. Well, I dream that one day all of us can get together. In, in, in perfect harmony and and and, and uh and uh, truly start uh a, a, a new i got nothing here guys <laughs> you i was going it. for it for a second for for a second like, it three <laughs> words in i realized i was plagiarizing martin luther king and i was like i need to stop <laughs> I need to swerve to a different topic. It's 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 funny that you realize that you were uh, that you were ripping off Martin Luther King because I thought that you were ripping off Steve Martin. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I fucking forgot about that bit. Oh, oh, oh. My door is being knocked on. Okay, That's your door is being knocked on. I stalled because I thought it would be soon. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you so much for, for, for being on the show. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. What the fuck? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was that clip of Jack Black playing the saxophone on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, my gosh. Uh, how I identified that from one second <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I don't know about you, Miles. Yeah, but I'm shook. Me <laughs> too. Do you hey. do you want to take another break? No, because I kind of want to take another break. <laughs> okay, we can absolutely do that, bud. Let's take break number two. This is going to be a long one. <laughs> a sudden and beautiful departure. From an icon, a legend, a star, a gay, Nat Puff. Nat Puff. Stream, le- le- stream Left at London on Spotify. You can find her on Bandcamp uh, at Left at London. Basically, Google Left at London, you'll find her. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an art ghost promise. We never told yeah. her the name of the show. <laughs> no, I love that. I did say it in Twitter. I did say it in a tweet, but it's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Let's take it. <laughs> To the other break. Let's take it to the other break. Let's do now. Dance 
dancing exhausts me, but I'd like to dance with you most. Welcome back. Welcome back again. To the sequel. Welcome back. Uh, welcome, welcome back, back to the welcome backening. Oh no! Electric um, welcome. Hello. Uh, so I wanted to yes, I wanted to say thank you, thank you once again to to Netpuff uh, for joining us on our show. It was it was a really wonderful time having her on, and uh, and yeah, please do if you are. Even though most of the listenership from this is probably going to come from her retweet. Uh, if you haven't heard of her before, uh, absolutely go check out uh, Transgender uh, Street Legend Volume 1 and the Purple Heart EP. They're both wonderful projects. Yeah. Uh, so, Miles. Hey, Miles. Uh, how you doing? Now that we're, reco- we're recovering. That's what, that's what that I'm w- doing. I'm recovering. <laughs> yeah. That oh. uh, that interview uh, took, a lot of, uh, took a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, you sound dead. She she is an electric personality, and I only have so yeah, much steam. That's fair. She was great. Yeah, no, she was absolutely great. Um, so, uh, what uh, what is your new favorite for this week? My a new favorite. <clears throat> so, I found a new favorite band. <laughs> Oh yay! I love that. Yeah, um, I think it was like a random Spotify, you know, like a recommended thingamajig. Um, and then mm-hmm. I looked more into their music, and I just started loving it more and more and more. Uh, and this was the one I was going to bring last week, and then I was like, mm, Lizzo. So <laughs> uh, the song that I'm bringing is Eagle Song by the Staves. Uh, the Staves. Oh, I. I yeah it's not it's not familiar but i think i've heard of it you know but not too not familiar yeah um the staves are an english indie folk trio of three sisters named jessica camilla and emily uh they are from watford hetfordshire england the most Mm -hmm. british sounding place um yeah so uh i'm bringing the live version of this song because i think it uh, better illustrates the sort of vibe of the uh lyrics and everything so uh without okay. further ado let's give this a uh grande listen what one one grande listen from for miles and mars <laughs> why are we getting the same cup uh we only had we only had so much money, Miles. You order as a couple. <laughs> Go up to the counter. <laughs> All right. Well, we're both getting the same drink. Okay. <laughs> uh, might as well share. All right. You know? Share with a friend. Yeah. All right. Listen time. It's time to listen. It's time to listen. At the foot of a statue of old battles, lost battles, why? So, 
that song was just very pretty is all. It was very pretty. It was very pretty. Is this the thing? Yeah. Did you like it? I did. I did like it a lot. Um, uh, You know, I don't generally go for just the one person with a guitar sort of structure. I mean, it is two people with a guitar and then a third person also helping singing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like... I don't tend to go for those that sort of like basic production. Mm. That said, this song is very pretty. Uh, I think they have incredible voices. Yeah. Uh, I think their guitar work is excellent. I think it's a great song. Yeah, I do too. <clears throat> so, for the website Song Facts, ooh, 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 uh, it is said that this was one of the last songs that the Staves wrote for their album Dead and Born and Grown. They explain its meaning to Artist Direct, uh, and they said that the song's about a tour that we did in the States. It was all in a VW camper van, and we went from Austin to Boston. It was such an amazing experience. There was so much traveling. We got to see a lot of Americans for the first time it was a cool time we were together it all felt very alive we saw an american bald eagle by a lake they continued and it was the most magical thing we were all walking around a lake and we just saw it fly past us we saw a lot when you're on tour you're just living day to day there's a certain mood that's quite hard to describe you're sharing it with other people and that's very special that's what it's about so i think it's really interesting it's a song about it's both about traveling and about being scared of your environment because it's a new situation Mm -hmm. and it's a about love of family and staying together and it's also a song about solitariness and traveling by yourself and i think it's really beautiful yeah i think um yeah i think like and the the video slash live version of this song uh which i I, you know i will be playing in the edit so you will see all uh, hear all of the uh the nature noises and stuff yeah i i think you're right that like this is a song that is elevated by the inclusion of those sort of natural elements, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, like, as a song about a journey, as a song about being in nature, as a song about being... Um, aware and scared of your environment i think yeah like have i i normally don't like listening to live versions of songs Mm. um but i think yeah like not having heard the original version i think that this is maybe the definitive version i think thematically yeah it's it's also um i was trying to think about a way to phrase this while we were listening to it it's a sort of um harkens back to like maybe an older time uh maybe like 17 1800s for me because it's very much like these three you know when you were when you were a kid yep i'm an immortal being um No, it reminds me of like this these three sisters, um, and it sort of reminds me of like the three witches or something like that. And it's a sort of act of um not including romance or sexuality in particular and talking about family and life and that sort of familial love and platonic love um and all these different things it feels very magical to me uh in a very base way i can imagine them playing in a tavern in england in like 1820 the same as i can imagine them playing a concert um so this is getting added to your D &D playlist i imagine yeah totally (laughs) something about an acoustic guitar 
Um, yeah, I, I think it's just very beautiful. It reminds me of some of those videos where, like, there's a huge stone statue of uh, a famous woman or a witch or something, uh, someone from history, and there are, mm-hmm. there's a band playing around it. Like, if there's a small town that's hosting a music festival, and it's that combination of new music and old landscape, and it's really mm-hmm. enchanting, I think. Them, like, for people who don't watch the uh, clip of it, it's just them sort of walking across this cliffside and, like, drinking whiskey together and helping each other walk down, like, sort of slippery rocks and just standing there and playing guitar with each other. Uh, and it's very and there are, And there are dogs just running around. And I, I and my And my goal in life is to be as happy and surprised by my uh, by my surroundings as a dog is in any field (laughs) that's so funny you said that because um earlier talking about flat sound there's a post that uh he made a little while ago and it was just like i wish to feel the same love that a dog feels in a field (laughs) beautiful full circle mama we've had a lot of full circle moments in this show i love it I love the the follow through. We're usually we so just, flaky. We just need another Steve Martin callback. Oh shit! We already had two. Yeah, but rule of thirds. Okay, rule of thirds. Okay, I'll I'll try that's, and find a way to organically incorporate it. Uh, yeah, so, yeah I I really we, yeah I really enjoyed that song. Thank you, thank you for bringing it. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say about uh, the Eagle song. I think it's really pretty. I recommend uh, the Staves. They're a really cool band. So, Mars. So, What's Miles. your favorite song for this week? My new favorite for this week is... <clears throat> Hit me. Tuesday, off of Malibu Ken by Aesop <laughs> Rock and Tobacco. All right. <laughs> bring it a- Bring more. Welcome back to the show, Aesop Rock. Uh, Is this allowed? Uh, so obviously I brought one of their singles, uh, one of the singles from this project on an earlier episode, and uh, the full album came out a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. so I wanted to, to bring it again, because it's a, it's a really good album. Uh, similar to uh, ha- my experience with humans, it took me a-, a bit of a grip to figure out that I really think that this album is very good, but mm-hmm. uh, it is. Um, for those unaware, Malibu Ken is a musical project collaboration between uh, writer slash rapper Aesop Rock and producer Tobacco, all caps. Uh, it's, I forgot about Tobacco. Uh, it's, it's got a really gross album art and music video <laughs> situation about it. it's just a dude's face rotting it's no good but the album's very good so with that in mind let's listen to tuesday pocket knife surgeon cut a sister in the kitchen it's the cousin to acutely removing his own stitches in a pinch kool-aid ooze at his toothache mushroom growing in the car it's just another tuesday <laughs> So, what'd you think? 
It's so visceral, the way that he writes. Yeah, yeah. You really feel grimy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this song is ostensibly about a mushroom growing in a Rex car, but it's, you know, really about a lot more. Um, hmm. First off, the production on the song is fantastic. Tobacco, all caps, style, <laughs> doesn't work for me all of the time hmm. on this album, but for me, it really works here. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they do have this very grimy aesthetic together, which I think... It influenced the uh, bad to look at art for the project. <laughs> I was about to say, if you've seen the bad to look at artwork, then you know the vibe. Um, but uh, in a song that is uh, very much about how gross and unkempt Aesop Rock is as a person, I think mm. that aesthetic really works. It makes sense. Uh, I, I don't know why, but for me, the grossest line in the song is, the fridge is pretty much a home to mayonnaise alone. <laughs> is that the grossest line? I don't know. For some reason, it just wakes me out. Mine is uh, uh mine is black mold bathtub because uh when my dad first moved out and had like a place with his friend, the bathroom was the fucking grossest thing I've ever seen. It was uh, moldy and dirty and shitty. Yeah, there's something extra gross about a gross bathroom. Mm-hmm. Because that's why you're naked and afraid. That's a good point. So it like. It's, it, it's very easy to feel trapped in a bathroom. Mm, very, very, uh, what's it? Scream? No? What is it? Psycho. Psycho. One word or... horror movie. <laughs> okay. Psycho. Um, uh, right. He raps in third person for most of the song, which I think is basically just to say from like an outside perspective, he and his whole shit looks and is really gross. Mm. Um, but to him, it's just sort of his everyday experience. Yeah. Uh, I'm bad at reading lyrics, so I'm not sure whether or not he thinks that the whole shit is a bad thing. Mm. I mean, maybe he's unsure too. I don't know. I'm not going to read into it. Uh, I just think the song's really good, though. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, it's it's sort of um linking towards, like, mental health stuff. When you have well, depression, yeah, sure. it's really hard to um clean and do, like, basic, quote-unquote, activities like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it sort of accumulates. And when, like, you're a sort of, like, even semi-famous famous person like mm-hmm. and you're out doing things and like you sort of shift priorities a bit i think it's really easy for people like aesop rock to sort of just get in a gross space mm-hmm. um even saying like maybe one day he'll exercise the demon that is the dirt in his house but that's not today mm-hmm. uh i think my favorite uh is verse three uh, the Little Shop of Horrors section, I'll call it. I can't even keep a cactus alive when I'm present. When I'm gone, it's groundbreaking botanical epic from desolate to Little Shop of Horrors in a second. It's weird knowing life thrives when you when you exit. I can't. I messed up the last one. Um, yeah, I, I really like that because it's that sort of moment of like trying to keep yourself alive and just sort of go your day to day. Um, and then that sheer disappointment but also just, like, bewilderment of, like, it's weird knowing that life thrives more when you exit, and it's that sort of Mm. thing you don't like to admit to yourself uh, in certain situations. Uh, So it's sort of a stark reminder, I guess. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aesop Rock always gets into some, like, really deep shit with his songs. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's that's all I really have to to say on this song. I... uh, Overall, I think Malibu Ken is a is a really interesting, cool project. Um, mm. uh, I, Impossible Kid is still for me a better album, but I do listen to Malibu Ken uh, uh, pretty consistently for the past couple of weeks. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a great album. You should give it a listen. How's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do it. Do it, coward. I gotta stop calling our listeners cowards. I do it too. It's fine.
Uh, so I, I think, I think, I think that's all we got for this one. I think that's all we got. God, we've been recording for so long. We've been recording for about two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, this is going to be a a long one in the edit, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, thank you very much for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio. If you have a suggestion for next week's show, or have a song that you want to recommend, or if you just have some feedback for us, you can find us on Twitter, at ArtGhostPod, or uh, at our Gmail, at ArtGhostPod, at gmail.com. We do a listener suggestion special every couple of months to show us songs sent in, so don't hesitate to share. You can also give us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you like, or wherever you find your uh, find find our show. Um, if you liked the show, please share it with a friend. We don't really advertise outside of word of mouth, so it would mean a lot to us if you uh, if you shared the show. Thank you once again for listening, and we will see you on the other side. Steve Martin. <laughs>